You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No days off. No. The Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This you microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. Fight. on WEI.com. NFL Draft Preview Edition. We got Paul Perillo on to break everything down because he's he's good. And we <laughs> little sneak little sneak peek behind the curtain. I don't know, Paul, Paul might not know this, but he has your episode, the last one you're on, was our most downloaded episode. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then that means that I should be asking for more money. Yes, you should. Correct. Okay, we'll talk about that after this one when we break that record. All right, Andy, what, what do you got? What are you going to add to this? I was just going to say, the only reason Paul's here is because Giardi was busy doing TV. <laughs> well, and obviously your ratings were lagging with Giardi, so you asked me. Now yeah, it all makes sense. That's who I looked at it as. Yes, so, and I know Paul has lots of hot takes on the draft because he does more draft research than, well, than the average fan. I'm not going to say than anybody, but the average fan. So he's ready to roll with hot takes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I do as much draft research as many of my colleagues. And uh, I like to make fun of the amount of draft research that is done by many of my colleagues, you know, who have, you know, various top 50, 100, 150 boards. And if you're not hitting like three, four Patriots picks when, you're offering me 150 options, then you're really doing it wrong. <laughs> Happens every year, doesn't it? Yep. Uh, so I can't decide, because, Paul, you know I actually like this time of year. I like yeah. the draft. Yep. But this year, I don't know if I'm more excited that the draft is actually here or excited that the pre-draft talk is over because it has worn me down this year in a way it hasn't in the past. And I don't know if it's the quarterback thing and the cyclical oh, it's because and... you're involved we're involved in it for once yeah i'm sure it is the quarterback thing andy and you know that i don't generally love the draft the way that you do um but this year i found myself being very much into the process and really looking forward to thursday night in particular because of the patriots place in it it's not we're picking 25th 27th you know 32nd and as bill always says you know waving as the parade goes by as everybody else makes all the picks and gets all the shiny new toys. And then, oh, by the way, after you wait around for three and a half hours, the Patriots are going to trade that pick and move down into the second round and you have nothing to do. You're at 15. You can do anything. Really, I think the Patriots' interest in this draft starts at the fourth pick. And now there have been some reports that Atlanta looks like they're going to sit tight, or at least that's what they're getting out there. And they're content to take Kyle Pitts at four. But I, I think the Patriots' involvement in this draft starts after whoever San Francisco takes you know, which, whichever quarterback they decide to take, I think the Patriots' interest really skyrockets from that point on. And for that reason, 
I'm much more into the entire process than I usually am. Okay. You mentioned, you know, like the worst case scenario in past years was you wait three and a half hours and then they trade out, blah, blah, blah. So let's start on a positive note. If I said, Paul Perillo, give me the best case scenario for the Patriots come Thursday night. What do you envision? Wow. That's a great question. Um, the best case scenario in my mind would be Justin Fields somehow falls to 15 and you can just take him at 15. Um, the best realistic scenario to me would be one of a, a group of players and I'll put the, the receivers. I think are, are, I think there are three receivers that are really, really dynamic. I think there are a couple of offensive tackles. You know me, Andy. I'm not a big offensive tackle in the first round guy, but I, I do think it's a need and you could say, uh, you know, Rashawn Slater, uh, you know, or Penisul, who I don't think will be anywhere near around at 15. But those kinds of guys, if you could get someone like that, like Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith, uh, you know, I think Jamar Chase is probably in the Sewell category. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really think there's much of a chance he gets out of the top 10. I think those are great scenarios for the Patriots. And, and I think you also have the opportunity if this is as offensive top heavy as it looks like it will be, you know, I, I think maybe the first eight, 10, 12 picks could all be offense. Yes. Now you're talking about, you can get the best second best defensive player on the, you know, on the draft board at 15. I think these are scenarios that I think Bill Belichick would, would relish. Okay. So allow me to cross promote for a second. I just posted on weei.com our off day podcast mock draft. And a number of the things you just mentioned um, came into play, came to fruition. First of all, I don't think I, I slotted a defensive player till 10 or 11. It was offense throughout the start of the draft, which is not groundbreaking, but no. it's interesting. Um, and then I actually did have Justin Fields. Your number 10, Patrick Sertan was the first corner, first defensive yeah. player, number 10. I had Sertan to Dallas, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and then I did have Justin Fields slipping to the Patriots, and I didn't do it. It's not like I wrote Justin Fields in at 15 and then worked my way backwards to figure out how I could get him there. Now I will say I didn't do the trade thing. I'm not smart enough to have trade. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that is worth getting into either. Okay. I agree. But without trades, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that Justin Fields slips to 15. And I want to go there for a second simply because I had Jim Nagy tell me on Mud at Night and Michael Lombardi said it a little while later. Nah, Justin Fields doesn't fit what they want to do in Foxborough. He doesn't, he's not a Patriot. Dismissively so, like moving right on by it. Both of those guys, which, as you know, Lombardi's a fob who used to work for Bill. Nagy, I don't know if he's a fob, but he used to work for Bill in the front office. Why doesn't Justin Fields fit for the Patriots? Or is that a, a blatant case of misinformation? Well, I hope it's the latter, because I don't really understand what in Justin Fields' skill set would not quote unquote be, you know, conducive to what the Patriots want to do on offense. I think he's got good size and strength. He's shown great leadership in his time at Ohio state. Uh, I think he's a good mix of athleticism and throwing ability. He's not a run first guy by any means. Right. Uh, you know, this is a guy that I think you put him in, in a, a system and he develops in that system. Why wouldn't he be able to be playing at a very high level in short order? I, I, I really don't see what the drawbacks are now. With all five of these guys, is it realistic that all five of them are going to be really good NFL quarterbacks? Probably not. We know that the odds are stacked against probably three of them being uh, any good. You might get one or two of the five that turn out to be pretty good. But 
I, I don't really understand in the skill set and in the tape that you watch and you see Ohio State all the time. What about his game leads you to believe that he can't be any good? You know, if you want to look at some of the analytics and, and things that like Pro Football Focus and some of the other um, stat crunching uh, websites, but they, they say that he is as good as any of these guys and getting off his first read and, and you know, perusing the defense and, and reading coverages. I, I would disagree with that. And I, I hope it's an effort on, you know, on their part to sort of downplay his abilities uh, to maybe better increase the opportunity that he slides to them at 15. Where would you slot him? So I think we remove Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. They're not part of the conversation. Right. I think we can leave the other three as part of the conversation. How do you slot those guys as Patriots fits? Yeah, I, I mean, I like fields. I mean, I just think that he is the, uh, and I think of Josh McDaniels and you and I had many conversations with Josh, Andy, it's a real thing, his sort of desire in the back of his mind to get a hold of one of these guys that can do both. Yep. And I think he's one of the guys that can do both. I don't think he's Lamar Jackson as a runner. And maybe he's not, you know, as gifted as, uh, you know, in terms of a pure passer as some other guys. But I think he's a pretty good blend of both. Yes. And I think he has the size that he can withstand some punishment in the NFL. He's 230-ish, right? Well, just look how you know? tough he was in that yeah, the bowl game. The yeah. So it's not like a guy that you say, oh, well, I don't want one of those guys running around making plays. They get hurt. Well, he's got he's got the size to withstand. And I don't think like I said, I don't think he's a Lamar Jackson type that's going to be rushing for a thousand yards. He's going to run to get first downs, not to try to create the offense. So to me, he's a guy that that I would put at the top of the list. I like Trey Lance also. I just don't know about his development because of the obvious things, you know, that, that we don't know about him. I think he has a similar skill set to fields, but he played at a lower level and he didn't play as much. So I'm not, as, not as convinced about him. Who the hell was that extra voice? Did you yeah. What was that? that? I don't know. There was like Happened a fourth voice. No, no, no. It was on the computer and it was you know? another voice. Anyway. Um, is, your wife home? is your wife? No. Home? She's not. Why would, would you have a quick question? Well, I mean, she uh, works in the uh, medical field and we have this late developing story of Justin Fields' epilepsy. And uh, quite frankly, I have no idea what to make of that. Yeah, I didn't ask her about it. And usually I do ask about stuff like that. That's a, It was a good assumption on your part. I didn't ask Maybe? her, but but I, I will say that I, I'm pretty convinced by the way he talked about it as nonchalantly as he did, right. you know, that members of his family have grown out of it. Um, so I, I don't think that's that, that's part of the equation. I do wonder about the smear stuff, you know, and I, and I think back to whatever, you know, a month ago, six weeks ago, when well, I think it was Darren Olofsky mm -hmm. had, had sort of quoted some people that told him, you know, he's a, a last guy in first guy out guy. Yep. And I've seen no evidence of that, you know, based on the way he's played, he doesn't play like a guy who's not prepared. Nope. Um, but so, there wasn't even much follow up to that. It was just kind of Orlovsky up on his own. Yeah, and then he kind of, well, he said that exactly. it was about, it was from other people, but right. he, he, and then he since apologized and said, I, I should have looked more into it and asked other people about it rather than just taking the word of, of one or two people. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, something smells funny with Justin Fields, the whole coverage. Yep. And I wonder if it smells funny in a pro Patriots kind of way. Like it just, I don't know the the Nagy thing, the Lombardi thing, the Orlovsky thing. The then it's everybody reporting that they're they were really high on him and they're trading up for Justin Fields. Like the, there's been all over the place from different sides saying everything. Yeah, and I, I 
I don't know what to make of it, but it's weird. It's it's as interesting as anything in this in this draft or that we've seen with the Patriots in a while. And maybe all of it's much ado. I can tell you. So you gave me the best case scenario, Paul. Justin Fields falls 15. Yeah. You take him. You gave up nothing. You have your quarterback of the future. It's the off day mock. I do a victory lap for getting it right. Everything. Worst case scenario from a Patriots fan, I think. Isn't it? He goes thing? to Atlanta at four. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say the exact opposite. He falls to 15 and then he falls to 16. <laughs> like there are some people that think that too. I think I saw someone mocked. It was one of them. One of the quarterbacks available at 32. Yeah. It was a uh, good buddy. Uh, Chris Sims. Chris oh Sims. yeah. Chris Sims went to the bucks at 32. Talk yeah. about a kick in the nuts. They take Brady that, and fields. Yes. That would be the worst because oh. even Brady doesn't project to be around for four plus more years. <laughs> so now you have your guy to replace Brady. Yeah. That's um, that's unfortunate. Okay. So we, Paul Perillo likes Justin Fields, wants I Justin do. Fields. Perfect fit. Okay, love it. You? I like Justin Fields. I, I told you I've kind of given up on reason, and I'm going to be unreasonably just I want a quarterback. I want a quarterback to what I, I may criticize it in three months, six months. I may see him throw in August and say, that's the guy you took with the 15th bleeping pick in the draft and thought he – like I, for the here and for the now, I don't know how you can advance your – Patriots hopes or expectations without getting a quarterback like you're just spinning your wheels in the mud if you don't do that so I'm all in on a quarterback all yeah in. And, and real quick you know another thing in this whole process I've grown tired of is the the percentage of quarterbacks that don't pan out yeah it's true it's absolutely true and it's the same is true for all the other positions that we don't we don't chart um there's one of the numbers and I actually did this Andy you know when I get in my moods my, my, I'm doing research moods. Get <laughs> well, into your I, moods or aren't you always in that mood? <laughs> I had a few of them over the, the, the last couple of months. One of them was the whole, that time frame was it 2009 to 2016. All the first round quarterbacks have changed teams. Right. Yeah. So I went to all first round picks in that time and 13% of them are still on their same team. So I'm talking, you, you just picked like 16 quarterbacks. I took everybody. It was 256 picks. 13% of them are still on the same team. Right. So what happened in 2009's first round is not relevant to Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance. It has, it has no relevance whatsoever. And I would also say, I mean, we've seen a change in quarterbacks, receivers, offense, drafting, expectations fulfilling expect like it's just a different landscape more recently i'm talking like the last three four five years i mean the whole thing about the playoffs where it was either legendary hall of famers playing in the playoffs or first round i heard it again did you hear that again yep yep hell is do we have somebody like lurking in our like do we have a fourth stream here in our zoom he already he's skyping in he wants to make sure we're on we're on target because if we're going to wow. get like hacked, I would like it to be porn or something cool that would jump in, not just some <laughs> random meeting crossing over. Um, something we can go viral over. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, but so like, I, I almost don't care about that. But I would say like, if you want to look at the, Bill Belichick has sucked at drafting receivers, correct? Has, yes. So does yeah. he stop getting receivers? Like you, yeah. you still got to keep trying to fill the slot, fill the position, fill the job. That's another one. I, I hear people say, well, I don't want him taking a first round receiver. Why? Because he, he missed on Nikhil Harry. Right. Right. Like, so let's never take a receiver again. There's three receivers right now that I think will be going 
in the top 15 picks, top 20 picks, I'd take any of the three. Yes. I think they're good players, and I think it's a big need. It's the number one need besides quarterback. It's definitely the next need. And obviously, Jamar Chase is the guy we removed from the conversation because you're not going to get in that. But I love Jalen Waddle. I loved him early in the year. I think people forget he was the number one receiver on Alabama early in the year. Go back and look at those games where he was just down the middle of the field, out jumping a safety for a catch in like a 200-yard effort. And I just – he, to me – now, it's a little bit – he's also riding the coattails because he's been kind of compared to like a Tyreek Hill. He's a game-breaker, you know, the explosion and the big playability, and that's what everybody's looking for. But isn't that literally what the Patriots are looking for? Like, haven't we talked about playmakers and speed and explosive – opportunities for them guys that can win matchups right and they haven't and they haven't had enough of those guys and i know he's not a big outside guy but he can play outside yes i mean his his speed is is just different and i i think that's the kind of explosiveness they've lacked and i know that some people don't think that you need that i think you do when you don't have tom brady as your quarterback right but he's immediately slide in and be that number one receiver that they don't have right now Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, see, the one problem, because I'm the biggest fan ever, is he's never done it. He's never, like, his career high in yards is 500. or Like, he's never been that wire-to-wire, give you double-digit games of great production. He's always part of that that great committee that they've had there. I mean, you go back to the names, Judy and Ruggs, uh, two years ago, and then this year he had, uh, you know, obviously Smith, and the kid Michi was pretty good, too. But um, I'd also say DK Metcalf had like 36 catches and he's the all pro go to whoop the ass of Stefan Gilmore receiver mm-hmm. for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, like just cause they haven't done the actual job and you know, there's pass rushers in this draft that well, anybody that thought he was better than the kill Harry was stupid. Don't forget that. <laughs> um, who, who said that? That would be Mike Lombardi. <laughs> They, I forget what show it was that played the clip of Lombardi. He couldn't even pronounce Harry's first name. Yeah, Keneal, he called oh, him. Oh, yeah, he, he calls yeah. him Keneal. Yeah, Although, Keneal Harry. not the only one. There's no. actually, I believe Robert Kraft may have done that in his introductory. And I think, I think on the uh, on the game, sometimes he gets, you know, like the, uh, I think your boy uh, Moose Johnston called him Keneal. Well, I mean, <laughs> you can't, a fullback could say anything at this point. That, that is and, true. Head issues. <laughs> That is true. What about on the other side of the ball at 15? What are some defensive players that you could get on board with going there? So here's where I go. There there are a couple of positions that I go with that two-year window the Patriots like to do a lot where they look at, you know, Nate Solder we're going to take in the first round because we're pretty sure this is the end of the road for Matt Light. So they need a tackle because they have one in Trent Brown who's entering his last year. They'll probably pick up the option on, on Isaiah Wynn, but that's not a guarantee. Um, so you, you, you can make an argument for a tackle. Same thing on defense at corner. You have Gilmore and J.C. Jackson right now, but you have to assume those guys are gone. You can't assume they're going to resign and be back. Not- I like J.C. Horn. I like Patrick Sertan. I like them both. Um, Farley, I know, had a terrific career, but the, the back problem worries me a little bit for the 15th pick. I know you, know you go back and you say, well, Gronk had a back problem. He did, but the Patriots were in a much different situation then where – if it didn't work out with Gronk, it wasn't going to derail them. Now, right. you if you miss with this pick and you take a guy you get nothing out of, that that could hurt you. Yeah. And the, the Gronk comparison's round two. It's not the 15 overall pick. 
Right. right. I like cornerback. I like linebacker. Uh, you know, I, I really like Mike, the idea of Micah Parsons, but yep. I, I don't know if Bill does. I still don't know if he likes that kind of a linebacker that seems to be more and more successful every year. And Andy probably loves talking about the guys like Devon, uh, Devin White and the guys that play on every down. He brings up the there's, Bucks all the time. You if know, you watch and, the Bucks I mean, in the playoffs. There's Patrick was... Queen, there's Kenneth Murray. There's a lot of different guys like this now. Well, but Bill passed on those guys in years past too, though. Yes, Bill still seems to be fixated on the bigger, two-gapping, three-four type inside linebackers. I just don't know if Micah Parsons would be his kind of guy. But I, I mean, the athleticism there is off the charts. Um, in that sort of area or mold, uh, I'm a big fan of Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins would be that traditional Ooh. Belichick guy. Yeah, is big, but can run. Can I actually? This is going to sound dumb, so don't mock me. I don't know why I saw it, but when I watched him, the first guy I thought of was Junior Seau. I think he has instincts coming out of his bunghole, Collins. Like, I just saw a guy that can freaking play football. He, to me, if you made me pick one person that I think Bill would like in this draft, I think it would be Collins. Now, I'm not saying he's worth the 15th pick. I don't know value, trade down. I don't know all that. Trade down and take Collins. There you go, Andy Hart. Hart, Colin. I could see that's another thing that I think is getting overlooked. There is there is the chance of a trade down. Like, I don't think anybody wants to talk about it, but if you don't get those quarterbacks and let's just say those three receivers go and you don't have that there, yeah. I think it's realistic to say that they could trade back to say 20 and pick up a pick in the second round when they have that 40 pick gap. Yeah. And I think that's what your buddy Mike Giardi talked about, I think on Monday. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I would hate it because, you know, just, the excitement, just pure selfish. I mean, for us, we're on the air, we're waiting for a pick and you know, that there's some enthusiasm for that. And I think some of that would be mitigated, but it it could very well be a great move for them to move down and get extra picks and, and maybe even get a guy like that, that they want. And and this is predicated. I have to think they have a group of three or four guys that they're really interested in. If they're all gone, right. Then, you know, we're not going to know that. Right. But, you know, it, it, it wouldn't necessarily be the, the worst thing in the world. The only flip side to that is, is hopefully in Bill's mind, you're never going to pick at 15 and, and the, his tenure with the Patriots. You might as well try to do that. But if, like you said, Colt's true, if you have four guys that are your guys and they're gone, then what's the point? I like that theory that you're never going to be in this position again. Like if, 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 if Camp Newton remains the quarterback, you could very well be in this position again. I'm just like they don't have an answer right now at the game's most important position. I, I agree. I, I think people are using um, aged logic. Oh, you're 15. You don't pick 15 too often. Yeah, we'll see. You might pick well, in the top. Well, wait, wait. I've, I've heard it, Andy, with, with Atlanta. Atlanta's picking four. Um, and, you know, people are saying, well, you, you better get a quarterback now. I would take a quarterback. If I, if I were Atlanta, I would take a quarterback because I think you have Justin Fields. And, you know, I've already said I, I like him. But – well, they're never going to be in that position again. They've missed the playoffs three years in a row. Like right. they could very well be in that position again next year. And in the NFL, you're one injury. If you don't have the quarterback or the quarterback gets injured, you can be in that position again. We've seen teams benefit from that over the years. Um, I just, the, the trading down thing and the gap. Oh, he's got a gap. So I'm going to give up a higher asset to close a lower asset gap. Like that doesn't really like, I, I don't even really see the logic in that. 
right? You and I could make an argument. I, I could make an argument that if you, you know, let's use Ryan's example. So you trade down into the twenties. So now you create a gap from one to twenty something. Right. The best twenty something players in the draft. Yeah. Someone could argue that that gap is more damaging than forty six to ninety six when you're right. dealing with second and third round players. Even like, though it's twice as big a gap, you can make an argument that you lost twice as good a player. But if the scenario is that they have four or five guys that they like and then they're gone, then what's the point? Are you just taking a guy because he's at 15, because he's available, right. or are you going off of what you truly believe? Right, and that's why they make the big bucks. They, I mean, they have, they have their board, Andy, and they, they stack it how, Andy? Vertically and horizontally. Correct. Tom Curran wrote they'll... a story about that, and people act like he re- recreated the wheel. I was like, you didn't fucking know that teams, I mean, first of all, we all do it in the pre-draft process. We all fucking sit back and rank the guards yeah, one yeah. to 10. And then we do it up in 30 seconds. Well, I, this annoyed me. <laughs> oh, that was a really good, interesting. Oh, really? Like if you didn't know that, then you shouldn't be interested in the NFL draft. Cause it's well, like, not NFL only that, if, if you didn't know it, you haven't been paying attention because Bill talks about it incessantly. Or I mean, you and I have mocked the phrase vertically and horizontally for damn near 20 years. It's been a, like a thing. Right. So I, and, and there's so many fans out there that are arrogant fans. Like they, they act like they're really in tune and they know everything. And if they didn't know that teams stack their board vertically and horizontally, or even just logically think, Oh yeah, you got to rank all the players and you got to also rank it. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry. Rant over. We can move forward now. I'll give you another, you know, minor rant um, on the, on the quarterback thing. Right. So a lot of people are like, well, if you get that quarterback, you can't just take the quarterback. You know, if it, yes, obviously you don't want to take a player you don't like. And Ryan, when Ryan said this a little, just a second ago, if this is what reminded me of it, I don't want to take a tackle. I don't like either. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take a linebacker that just happens to be available. If I really don't like him. Since they redid the CBA, the positions are far less important in terms of damage if you miss. Like, a lot of people are, have it ingrained. You miss on that quarterback, it sets your, your organization back five years. Well, yeah, it could. But it doesn't have to anymore because there, it's much easier to get around it and figure out a way. Like Arizona, for example. They took Josh Rosen with the 10th pick. Right. They didn't like him. They changed coaches. The next year they took another quarterback and they're probably pretty happy with that. Now, is Kyler Murray going to bring him anywhere? I don't know. We'll see. But we can all agree that he's made them at least a good team. I don't know if they're a great team. I don't know if they'll ever be a great team, but it didn't kill them is my point. They took quarterbacks in consecutive drafts and they're okay. The Jets, well, they keep taking quarterbacks and they can't find the right one. But their salary cap situation because of quarterbacks isn't the problem. The problem is they can't get a quarterback that can play. Right. And to me, to not take a quarterback right now because, well, we just took Sam Darnold. No, I think they made the right move. They said, we don't think Darnold is our guy. We're going to see if we can find Wilson. Maybe he's our guy. So I want to make a comparison here, Paul, and it's both a realistically um, insane comparison, I think, but I also think it should have some logic. The Patriots traded up to get tra- uh, Ty Warren in 2000, whatever the hell year that was, four, three, three, whatever year. And they did so why? Couldn't stop the run the year before. Correct. And there was a run on defensive tackles. They needed to get the last one, correct? 
Uh, I believe that's accurate. Yeah, guys like uh, Gerard Warren, I think, were in that draft. Yeah, Dwayne Robinson, Sullivan, early. Like there was a run, and I'm assuming, yep. I'm assuming they didn't just trade up to get Ty Warren because it said DT next to his name. They traded up to get him because he was the last DT they liked that they thought could actually probably fill the need that they obviously had. Correct. Yep. Why? is that so far afield from exactly what position they're in right now, except the position next to the name is quarterback. They need a quarterback, correct? Right. There's going to be a run on quarterbacks, right? Yeah. So is it crazy to think they could slash should trade up and get the last one? Like say Justin Fields is the last one, right? He's five of five. He's on like, if they like him at all, like they like Ty Warren, I think, shouldn't they trade up and get him? Yeah, I, I think that the, the theory is 100% dead on. I think the same, you could use the same theory and say, that's the last one of what we need that we like. Right. We got to go get them. The difference is to do it with Ty Warren in 2003, you moved up a spot. To do it theoretically with whoever the fifth quarterback left that they presumably like, you could be talking about seven. So it's going to cost you a lot more to move from 15 right. to where that quarterback is but than it did to get from 14 to 13. I would also argue that the risk, the reward, the cost, when you put them all together, like if you didn't get Ty Warren that year, you're probably going to be still be a pretty good football team, right? Yep, probably. You don't get a quarterback, you're still going to be a good football team? They're a playoff team with Cam Newton? No, but no. Uh. I, I, they, they, I, I don't. I, I, I don't think they believe that. I think they've sold themselves on Cam Newton in year two with the weapons. They're a playoff team. Well, you know what they have then? It's called dysmorphia. Isn't that when you look in the mirror and you see something different than is there? No, don't be mean to me now. What do you mean? You look, I'm you a little look. heavy. COVID's not doing well for me. <laughs> oh, we're blaming COVID now. Yeah. I didn't know COVID hit in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the theory on the quarterback. Well, they, I do think it, I do think it's different when you're talking not about the position, more so than with the cost, because you can make an argument if you're sacrificing a pair of first round picks in the future to move up, and then you don't get the right guy, it, it will hurt you. Okay, let me pose it a different way. Let me use a home analogy. We're all homeowners now. Ryan's joining the club. Congratulations, Ryan. Hurts. Good luck. It may suck. Um, <laughs> risk reward, risk reward with everything. So Paul, I tell you, um, you need a new dishwasher and there's one that's just like, the cost is like $4,000. You're like, what the hell? I thought dishwashers cost a thousand. Why is it 4,000? You can choose to say, you know what? I'm not paying 4,000 for your dishwasher. Nope. I'll wash dishes by hand. I can find another way for a while. And eventually when the prices come down, I'll go get a dishwasher. Now you need a new furnace. You thought it was going to be 1800 bucks. It is 12 degrees outside, Paul. And the guy goes, hey, it's uh, 3,800. Sorry, sorry, that's what it is. You got to pay the damn 3,800, correct? Yep. Thank you. No further questions. <laughs> but is the quarterback me... the furnace in this analogy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Quarterback's okay. the furnace. The D-tackle is the dishwasher. It's the dishwasher. You can get by without it. I get it. But, aren't there, but my thing is there, there could be other options at quarterback, and we haven't touched on the, the big name, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like there are still there are still other ways for the Patriots to potentially get their quarterback. Yeah, I feel like we had the whole Garoppolo discussion the last time 
when I set records with my my viewership. Parents and Jesus, Brian, why'd you tell them that? I'm never going to get. I still think there is. I still think there's a. Not only I think there's a hope. I think there's a belief. Yes. That that Garoppolo is still going to shake free, and we saw the quotes. We all heard. (laughs) I think the the utter disrespect, and I know in in talking to Andy earlier today, he he agrees. Um, Shanahan talking about five starting quarterbacks in this draft. We need a starting quarterback in, in any of the five. So basically he was saying, I'd rather have any five guys who've never taken a snap in the league than what yep. I have. Yep. yep. Um, I don't think he really meant it that way, but that is what he said. That's not, it's that's not the exactly first time. What that's he not said. the first time he's like, you know, pushed Jimmy aside like that. Right. And, but and we also I, I still get back to, he's a douche. Shanahan's a douche. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. The, I, I, the part that really bugs me is not even necessarily him, because I think a lot of those guys, they're egomaniacs, they're control freaks, and a lot of them have that mentality. I'm the best. But the way people just continue to just like throw accolades at this guy's offensive system, like he's reinvented the wheel. Anybody can run it. This guy can do it. That guy, this guy, all he has to do, Mac Jones, he'll step right in and he'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. If that's true, why can't he win with anybody else but Garoppolo? Correct. Are you telling me Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard are just that bad that the system can't fix them? Right. It's not even just those guys. The I don't know if you saw it a couple of weeks ago. Warren Sharp had the list of records that Shanahan's had, and Garoppolo's by far. Two right. guys. Right. Two guys have succeeded. Matt Ryan, who for all his faults I still think is a pretty good NFL quarterback, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Those are the only two guys that have had success with this foolproof system. So one could wonder, is it the system in the coach, or is it just, you know, when he has a good quarterback, he does what a lot of people do with good – oh, and that brings us back to Bill Belichick. Hmm, interesting, full circle, because when he had Brady, he was fine, and then when he didn't, he turned into Bill O'Brien making excuses and scrambling to defend himself and explain why they were losing, right? They're right. all the same. Now, the difference, I would say, is the phrase that keeps coming into my head – is Shanahan's arrogance is way ahead of his accomplishments. At least Bill has accomplished things. Whether he did it because of the quarterback or not because of whatever, we can get into that debate. But he has rings and records and consistency. Shanahan has the worst Super Bowl gag job ever, and he has a trip to the Super Bowl that he couldn't finish. And, and one that would be considered among those, if not for his previous ventures right. in the Super Bowl. Yes. So I just, he has some of that, you're right, Mike Martz or whoever these offensive geniuses are that are like the flavor of the era. He has some of that to him and I don't like it. But he also, do, he can't shut up. Like how many press conferences are they going to have? Well, that's the other thing. Did you guys read? He wasn't even supposed to be part of that press conference. Oh, Really? I he didn't like, know that. Well, that's something. that's probably him because he controls the organization. Probably didn't want Lynch to be the one out there. Well, it, it, the the local guys, I forgot who I read, said, you know, Shanahan was a late addition and, and not usually involved in this press conference or whatever this was. And then he goes out there and even Lynch in one of his quotes said, you know, I defer to Kyle on the quarterback position or whatever. I don't know what's going on with that relationship. Because if you remember, the original story was Garoppolo was that, Lynch kind of convinced Shanahan that he was the guy because Shanahan was still lusting after Kirk Cousins or whatever. But I don't know. So for, we don't need to get into 49ers. We're, we're into Patriots. Paul, what are the chances that Jimmy Garoppolo is the September starter for the Patriots this year? 
I mean, I would put it at 50-50, something like that. I, I still think there's a chance. If if I were San Francisco, it would be zero because I they, they can easily afford it. Yes. And we've already talked about this at length. I think they have a team that is built to win now. And I think you're taking a year off of your window because I but, think it's highly unrealistic to expect a rookie to step in and do everything you want them to do. See, I, I was of that mindset. I thought they should go the Kansas City Chiefs route. And I thought it was disrespectful to George Kittle and those guys to say, nope, we're just going to go with a rookie and see what happens. I don't know if that ship has sailed. Like to me, if I were Jimmy Garoppolo in training camp, I'd be throwing balls into the ground intentionally and saying, huh, it looks like the system's not working today, coach. You better fix the system so we can start completing. Like I would be Brandon Marshall in Denver punting footballs in the middle of play. Like, see, I think so the time to do that, the time to do that for him is right now, because if he is going to put himself in the best position, he needs to move teams now. If he waits till training camp and has to go somewhere, you know, as camp is already underway, then now that's hard. That's a tough situation because he needs to play well. This is why I would hold on to him because it's not in Garoppolo's best interest to start throwing balls into the ground and and doing that. I can just sit you down if I want. I don't have to trade you. Like, I think for Jimmy, the best case scenario would be to play really well this year and then say, F you, pay me. And if not, I'm out. You don't want me to be the guy. You want this guy to take over. You think you can be better with him? Fine. Now I hold all the cards. I can get the contract I want and go wherever I want because I have a no trade clause. Do you think he gets traded this week, this weekend, this? I I don't. I don't. I I think that it's published the other day. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. Like, what was the point of that? Like, you could do a great. Yeah. You could do a great documentary on what exactly the Niners are thinking with their quarterback situation. And I'm not talking about whether or not they like Garoppolo, but how they've handled this all with their press conferences, their comments. You, I think you could get a fascinating well, look behind the curtain to you see don't think why they, would, they chose to do what they've done. If Let's just play this out. If the Patriots don't get a quarterback in round one and they're, you know, in between Thursday and Friday comes, couldn't you see a scenario where Bill offers Shanahan and, and Lynch a, a two? When do you have to take it at that point? I mean, I guess I like I said, I, I would just hold on to him and play him. But if they just are hell bent on getting rid of him and they want to rid themselves of it, I don't know why you would wait. What is you know, what's the sense of waiting? I'll take it a step further. I think it's already done. I think the only way people speak with that um, arrogance and definition is when they know the result, when they know. So you, what, so you think Bill is probably not doing it until he knows for sure he's not getting a quarterback in the first something round. Something like that. But I think San Francisco basically knows the deals on the table. We know he, it. Remi- I, I said this the other night to Mutt. I was a big believer when the Red Sox um, fired or so, excuse me, mutually parted, parted ways with Cora. And remember, they kept saying we urge everyone to not rush to judgment or something. And yeah. everybody was like, oh, they're going to get hammered. I thought the reason they did that, it was they had already they knew with Major League Baseball. No, you're you're not gonna get hammered. You're not the the Astros. This is gonna work out fine. This is how we're gonna handle this from a PR perspective, whatever. I thought they talked that way because they knew the outcome. It's like lawyers. You know, they tell lawyers don't ask a question in the courtroom. You don't already know the answer. Don't know the answer to. I think Kyle Shanahan knows the answer to everything. It's why he was a douche, because Jimmy is no longer his quarterback. 
he's already made the deal or he has the deal in play. He knows how this is going to play out. He also brought up the injury. You know, we've had injury concerns. That's why we're doing this. Why else would he bring that up too? I think that it all kind of adds up. I think Jimmy's already. I I think he, you might be right. That's a a very logical scenario. Um, I would be disappointed for the Patriots. If it's the Patriots that he's going to Um, that whatever happens in the first round has any bearing on it. Like to me, if you have this trade with Garoppolo in place, I'd still take a quarterback if I could. Well, like Garoppolo is not the long-term answer. And, and that's a possibility. But I would also say from a Patriots perspective, because I think some people like, why is it not done? Why haven't you traded 46 for Jimmy? Like get him, announce it. Right. Well, because that affects the way the draft could unfold in front of you. Right. Mm-hmm. If teams think the Patriots may trade up to get Justin Fields or Trey Lance, that team may trade up to get Justin Fields or Trey Lance that pushes a good player down the draft. Right. So now theoretically you wait to announce the trade. You may have like lured somebody into trading up or a couple teams into trading up. Now you get Jalen Waddle. Okay. Or or you get that star defensive player because, or Micah Parsons. But you know, in my scenario, I like, if you told me Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback and I get Jalen Waddle at 15 to be my number one receiver to pair up with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith and this new look offense, I'm feeling pretty good about that offense with Jimmy. I, I think yeah, that's I mean, I, I certainly think that's a playoff team. And I, and that's where I would sort of, I'd pivot to a, the, the, the here and now, you know, as opposed to the future, mm-hmm. I think they could be a good team right away if that happens, because I think you also get the advantage of Jimmy's knowledge, obvious knowledge in the system. It's not coming in cold uh, and having to play complete catch up. I'm sure there are things that he doesn't know, but he what? has the base knowledge of the system. What would happen with Cam Newton in that scenario? I think there's a chance that they could release him. I do too. I can't see him handling that well. I, I think it just wouldn't make any sense to sort of have him go through that either. Well, I think he's an expensive backup. Right. Well, and I, and I know he's a bargain as a starter, but I don't yeah. think it's necessarily a bargain if he's, if he's backing up. And I also think Bill told us, you know, I mean, you can see we're paying Cam Newton a million dollars. You don't think we'd pay Cam Newton a million dollars if we had more money? Like, he can easily – no, no, no. We pay, we paid Cam this year's guaranteed money. On It was for last year. We couldn't do it then. We did it now. It's not – you know what I mean? Right. So it's not even like he's out. He's not dead money. No, that's what right. we should have paid him last year, but we didn't. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think there are a lot of – this is why I'm really looking forward to, to Thursday night because there's a lot of – things that are, are going to be interesting that the Patriots aren't generally involved in. These are for the other teams normally, right? This is an exciting draft for the Patriots on a lot of different levels. Okay. Any other, do you want to move on to wait around in the draft or do any more thoughts on round one? Well, I, you know, I want to get Andy's thoughts on a guy, um, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Like we talk about the, the high end receivers. Yep. Um Elijah Moore is a guy I think is pretty good. He's more of a slot type. Um, but I, I, I wonder if, if, you know, things just unfold normally, no big trades, no major moves. If they end up with him in the second round, I think that'd be a steal. Well, it's just, that could be the trade back scenario. You trade back to 20 something. Yeah, Cause he's up. sliding up now and a lot of people are on him. That's a, he, I've seen him in a lot of first round mocks now. I have too. Uh, which doesn't obviously mean anything at this point. You know, now, like you said, oh, that's a good second round pick. And then he's in a lot of first round mocks. So then when he doesn't go in the first and goes in the second, everybody goes, well, how did he fall to the second? Well, no. First, first round talent. <laughs> right. Um, 
I liked him a lot. He, uh, I liked him. A, I, I put two slash three um, in terms of round, but just everything got better every year. Explosive run after catch ability. Um, I, oh, he was the one, Ryan. Remember I said, we all knew Elijah Moore before we knew we really knew Elijah Moore because of the, uh, of the uh, on the pylon right. uh, celebration he did a few years ago that got the libs, I'll call them, the sensitive people yep. all worked up because he peed on a pylon, pretended he was a dog. Um, <laughs> no, he's a good player. He's a, well, after he's, you said that, people talked about the character thing and he might not have the type, but then I saw a quote from, I think it was Rapport talking to some positional coach said, like, one of the best guys I've ever, like, seen. Like, th- that meant nothing. Right, and, like... I'm sorry. He did what was an ill-advised at worst, I would say at worst, an ill-advised touchdown celebration. Who cares? Who cares? Like, I'm sorry. Did he, I mean, just think of all the immature things that Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield and all these other guys that they don't even play receiver. You're bringing those guys in to be the face of your franchise. They have to talk to the media all the time, be like the, the head of the team. I'm going to, I'm going to downgrade a wide receiver. Cause he got down on all fours, lifted his leg and pretended to pee. Like, yeah. And I haven't really heard much in, in the way of negative draft, you know, his, hurting his draft stock for him um, to the contrary, what you mentioned, I see him sort of sliding into the first round in a lot of people's mocks. Now, I think Mike and I put him, <laughs> put him at the bottom of our first round, but I was holding out hope that maybe he could be the guy at 46. The only thing I would say with him, and I get, I don't know that it matters anymore, but like, I guess you just get out of that mindset of traditional number one receivers, like a bigger receiver and outside, like, right. I almost think that doesn't matter anymore because it, you know, it's, it's positionless football. Now you just put offensive playmakers on the field and move them around and, and score basketball goals. on grass. Wait, yes, is, that not, the, is grass. that not the same thing? It's close positionless, whatever. Um, that would be my only question with him. But again, like these receivers that are going to go at the top of the draft, like Devonte Smith, weighs like one of Paul's legs weighs and like, you know, Jalen Waddle is, is not the, the premier Calvin Johnson type build by any means. Cause half the time, those guys are tight ends. Now they're called Kyle Pitts. Yeah, that's true. You, are you as sold on Pitts as everybody? Uh, yes. I, I, I've actually, Ryan will tell you this. The first comparison I made was to Calvin Johnson and he, he would stun me if he is not a pro bowl caliber pass catcher in the national football league. Yeah, Fred says Fred says he's a Hall of Famer. He's he yeah. will be the best tight end of all time. He well, that's just stupid. That's a stretch, but yeah, oh, yeah it's a cursism. And I'm going to say no chance, no chance, because he doesn't block, so he's not going to be the beast like Gronk is, and he's not going to have the longevity of Tony Gonzalez. He's not like there. It'd be really rare for that to happen. So that's what he said. He goes, he's going to he's going to be better than Gonzalez. That's what he told me. Okay, he's not. He's just, but I still would, I would, I would have him, you know, when we, we do our questions, Andy, you know, who's going to be the best player of this. He's my pick. I mean, I know it's obvious. I mean, I I want, I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence just to be different, but Kyle Pitts is the answer. And that's why I think for Atlanta, I have no problem with them taking him because Mm -hmm. on a number of levels, it kind of sends a message. We're still trying to win now with the core we have. Yeah. And, I think it's also because you now have these Julio Jones is going to get traded. Like Julio Jones was a generational talent that you can now sell your fans on. You replaced with another generational talent. I don't know if it'll work out necessarily, but I, that's why I think that is a, is an easy pick for them. Well, I also think if you look at that, that group of skill guys and you have Ryan and you want to keep Jones, 
with Calvin Ridley, and then you add Pitts with Hayden Hurst, that's a pretty good offense. Oh, yeah, I mean, that- if, if you can if you can somehow patch together defense, you should be in the 30s every week. And yep. find and, and you should find ways to win games if you can be in the 30s every week. Did you buy uh, anything on the Julio Jones trade rumors from a Patriots perspective? I'm not necessarily from the Patriots perspective, because I don't think it makes a ton of sense for the Patriots. I don't think it does either. To to add a 32-year-old receiver who's, like Andy said, a generational talent, unbelievable. But I I have to think he's his best days are behind him, and it's a lot of money. Yeah, but what if if you get Jimmy and, you you know, we just talked about you're in win-now mode. But you're still still looking years down the road. Right. I, I mean, I think he, yeah, yeah. For, for one year, he would make you a much better team. No, there's no question. I don't know how much he has left after that. And he already showed signs last year of slowing down. And financially, I think that would, cause I mean, if you had a $25 million uh, quarterback and a $13 million wide receiver at this point in the process, right. I'm no Miguel, but I don't know if those numbers all jive perfectly on my. No. And everybody says that, you know, it's easy. You just, you know, redo this and redo that. Well, yeah, sure. If the players all agree to it, then that's easy. Um, I'm not necessarily talked, sure that's happening. We've talked a lot about offense. You touched a little bit on the Micah Parsons options, but um, the the J, the JC Horn, uh, Greg Newsom, uh, Fairly um, compare. Is it Farley or Fairly? It's Farley. Farley. Who was that? Did you hear that? I did. Yeah. I'm trying to think, it might be my computer. I kind of think so. I think there might be something running in the background. Um, that could be me. Speaking uh, of porn. <laughs> oh no it would be one of those annoying like nfl.com videos that you can't get to stop playing when you read the story and it's <laughs> yelling like giardi's voice in the background um i like jc horn a lot i think he is the modern cocky playmaking swagalicious cock of the walk cornerback uh ryan andy andy and paul are guilty of watching the college game um in in fits and spurts Yep. And all of a sudden we catch a game and we're like, you know, some guy yep. will, will stand out to us. Okay. Well, I watched South Carolina and Auburn this year, okay. like random game, like third or fourth week of the season. JC Horn had one of the best individual games I've ever seen. I've been in love with the guy ever since. I had no idea it was Joe Horn's kid. I had no idea he was a projected first round pick Had nothing. None of that. He <laughs> had the kid, Seth Williams for Auburn, who is not a great receiver, but he's really big won a lot of jump balls. They just throw it up to him and he makes plays and Horn owned him in this game. And ever since then, I've been like really enamored with him. Patrick Sotan's a kid that obviously because of his father, everybody knew. Uh, I think they're both similar kind of guys, a little bit bigger than your average corner press man kind of, kind of skills, which I love, but the speed to run with guys too, Uh, not necessarily one trick ponies. I'm going to beat you up at the line. And if if I miss my jam, I'm dead. Um, I really like Horn a lot. Uh, and he's the guy that we mocked, uh, Mike and I mocked for the Patriots. I, at 15. I think he's a legitimate possibility, especially with the, un, you know, you, you mentioned the uncertainty next year at cornerback. That's this year. Could be this year too, depending Absolutely. on how play out. Um, I'll give you another question that we throw out all the time, guys. Um, did the Patriots make a trade this week involving a player? Yes. Which hey, I think I wrote these questions like 10 years ago. Yeah, I don't think you wrote this one. This is a new one. No, I think I did. I'll show you the old word files, you bleep. I don't know where I was without him, Ryan. I don't know how you guys even funk. How you guys function? He, ta- he taught me how to scout. You know, it's like 
the big board. I'm sure he taught you. Like he showed me the smoke and taught me how to scout. Yep. That is what it is. Um, What about the, there's like pass rushers in this draft. I don't know how much work. Go back to the trade. Who gets traded? Yeah. I I think that you will see a player, but I have a lot, there's a lot of options. Like everybody talks about Gilmore in, in, you know, to a lesser extent, Jackson, you know, and now Nikhil Harry is always thrown out there, but what, you know, what about a guy like Juwan Williams? Yeah, but what do you, you know, isn't do? that kind of like in the Duke well, Dawson well, category? Yeah, but what do you, that's just kind of like throwing it away. No, you're just getting, yeah, you just, I, I think that they have something like 76 guys in the roster. Yeah, they have a lot of guys. Then you add 10 in the draft and that's 86. And I think Bill likes to bring in players to yes. work with and develop. Well, you got to get rid of some if you want to do that. What did they get for Duke Dawson? I can't remember. Probably a conditional seventh or something like well, that. Because that, that was, that, that trade no happened idea. during the draft. I think day three, before day three. Was it during the draft or during training camp? I can't remember. But anyway, that that kind of draft. Like, Nikhil Harry, I don't think is going to get you much. No. In a trade. Yo, but I, but we, I can we, see those kinds of moves it. happening. We've talked about it with Harry. If it gets traded, it's going to be for a conditional this, a blank this, because Bill's not going to want to have on record you traded a first-round pick for a fifth. Right. Yeah, could be. I don't see anybody giving you anything for him. Though. I think the, the report out of Washington – was that the Patriots were asking for a four or that the expectation was it was going to be a four. There was some report out of Washington, but I'm with Ryan. That'll involve swapping of picks to make sure you can't completely say Bill traded a one for a four, two years later. Like, right. There'll be, you can say it, but the the sycophants will, will say, well, they got a six back. Right. Well, I won't even say that. I'll say the player sucked as Bill would say the player, the player sucked that he took in the first round. That's what I'll say. I also don't think Gilmore is getting moved. It's it's there's no like what value does he add? There's no market for him. Right. He's hurt. And this is one. This is another one. You know, I was at the end of the year. He got hurt in the Miami game. I I think that was like uh, was that the 15th week, 15 week, week 16 week 15. Right. Bills and Jets after. And the game was barely over. We're getting ready to do our post game, Mike and I and our buddy, Andy. The crap sheet comes rallying to the defense. Minor injury, nothing to worry about. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a load of crap. Like the guy isn't even off the field yet. And you're telling me that it's, he's okay. We all know what they're trying to do. They're going to try to trade him. We all, I mean, it was no secret. Everybody right. knew they tried to trade him at the deadline. Right. And they held on to him. And now they have damaged goods that they can't move. It's no one's fault. The guy got hurt. Right. But if you're if you're first of all, I think there are very select few teams that would be interested in a 30 something year old corner. You have to be good and Mm -hmm. you have to have money. I don't think there are a lot of teams like that. So what is he worth to you now? So now I got to give you a first round pick. I got to give the player. I don't know. Thirty five, 40 million guaranteed. Yeah. And I I don't know if he's if, if he can play because I can't work him out. He's not healthy. Right. But doesn't that almost like doesn't Gilmore have to accept that too? Right. Like, like see, I think he's done himself a disservice if he hasn't gone to his agent and say, "I just want to go somewhere. I'll I'll pr- I'll play and I'll prove it to you, and then you can give me the contract." Right. Like I'll prove to you that I'm healthy first. I, I'll I'll work with you. I, it seems to me like the only way that's going to happen is here. That's why I think he's going to stay. Yeah. And I mean, depending on how everything else plays out, Ryan and I have talked about this. Originally, it was like, 
I thought the best case scenario was trade him to somebody in the end of the first round, a team that's kind of a contender that he would fit in on, help them. After the free agent spending, and if you are of the mind that Garoppolo, I mean, what did Adam Schefter say on EEI, this our, our station this morning? Like, space in New England, they're nobody. Right. So if there's this belief that Garoppolo, a Super Bowl quarterback, is going to be the Patriots quarterback, well, if you're Gilmore and you're the Patriots, like maybe we're still sort of made for each other at the current sort of circumstantial time that we're in. Right. I, I agree with the, the Patriots thing. I think it's looking more and more like that because I don't think they want to just give him away. Um, I think they want to get something in return for a guy they, they know still has value. He can still play at a high level. I'm interested about the Patriots or nobody for Garoppolo. That sounds another, you know, we, we sort of try to interpret where these comments come from and, and who stands to gain from them. That sounds like something that came right from the Patriots. Like, cause if, if we're going to look at this and say, well, the Patriots don't want to make that move until after the draft. So after the first round is complete to make sure they say, well, if you're Denver, you're not going to be interested in that. Right. If, if, if all of a sudden at nine, you can't get a quarterback that you want. Oh, well, what, what, what are they going to give you? All they want to give you is 46. We'll give you a one. It's not right. even there, there's a lot of teams. I think people don't think he's going to have a market. I think there are plenty of teams that would take Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I mean, Chicago, Chicago, New Orleans. Orleans. I think right. even Pittsburgh to an extent. Washington. The, the finances are part of that issue. Right. Oh yeah. No, the, the finances are part of the issue for everybody. The finances are part of the issue for the Patriots. No, I know, but it, it's more of an issue for some than others, I think. But, and, and you, you know, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about Garoppolo, like it behooves him to get it done sooner rather than later, get to a place you can be comfortable, make your money down the road. But isn't the Patriots a ready-made late arrival because of his comfort? Yeah, with- he, he would have the, more of an ability to come late here than anywhere else. That I'll say is best for the Patriots. But um, in terms of the money, if I'm Garoppolo, I think that's an interesting part of this too. Like, do you want to go bad enough that you'll give up your contract? I wouldn't. No, I would not. Especially with his injury history. Right, right. You know, he comes here. Let's let's say he slashes his salary to come here, and then he ends up playing five games. Now he's he's going down the crapper. Now he's got no nothing. Like to me, I would hold on to that twenty-five million. Come hella high water, and and if it means that I can't go where I want to go, so be it. And I also think if I were him, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know what his relationship is with Bill at this point and, and what that two-way street of lust is or whatever. But if I go somewhere else, don't I leave the Patriot door ajar to some degree? Like if I go to Chicago and it doesn't work in Chicago, don't I still maybe have the last ditch effort with right. New England? Right. But if he I can go flame out New- somewhere and still come here. Right. Because it'll be different with us because we all know. They all get better when they come here. Exactly. But if I go to New England and what you said happens, maybe I'm not all that good and then I get hurt. Now my career might be coming to a close. Yeah. There's a lot to, you know, we sort of talked ourselves into this as we've gone around and around as to why maybe Jimmy hasn't been as outspoken negatively as he feels like he probably has a lot to prove. Right. But. Still, I feel like he's getting his nuts kicked in every yeah, time. I, we've talked about this, even with Giardi. Like, that's surprising that there's been no weeks from his side, nothing. Like, that's just. Oh, no, me. absolutely. Very I, surprising. His dad needs to do it or something, like Brady's dad does. Oh, just get Mr. Brady to do it. He's yeah. good at it. Plus, they sh- Don Yee calls him. They like hey, him. I'll get a job for you. 
Oh, somebody ripping Tom again? No, no, no. It's Jimmy I need you to defend this time. <laughs> Got it. I'm on it. He's good at it, too. He, he does it well. He is very good at it. Okay, Ryan. So as we close this, I'm sure as the host, you had some closing questions prepared to summarize everything. What do you got? I, I, I had one question. <laughs> I think one works. One? You, you in the back? When all said and done, did the, did the Patriots pick at 15? I, I think they're going to pick at 15. I think when all is said and done, they are not able to move up to get a quarterback and they'll sit tight and get a good player. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. We've got a good player. I, I, I'm with you guys. I, I look at all the offensive players. I think you have a chance to get a really good defensive player. And that makes sense to me. And if someone drops out of those top players, because if you go five quarterbacks, two tackles, three receivers, a tight end, you're going to get a good player on the defense, right? I mean, it's just, just the numbers. It's a, it's a numbers game. Didn't it doesn't Paul Perillo tell me that defense doesn't win titles anymore? Got a breaking quarterback news not relating to the Patriots. Well, what do oh, we got? What do we got? Uh, the Panthers are trading Teddy Bridgewater to the Broncos for a sixth round pick. So wouldn't that tell you that they're not going to draft a quarterback? I was just that's how I would go with that. Like if they're going to well, give three No, they, they could take Trey Lance. Oh, I, I would take the Broncos. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, do you think Carolina will take a quarterback? Because I think they could. I think oh, they definitely. Could. And they just traded for a quarterback. Yes. But in Denver, like you now have, I'm assuming they haven't totally closed the door on Drew Locke. No. Right. They have two guys. A second option that you either like or kind of like. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't love it for them personally. No, because I, I think Teddy Bridgewater's done. Yeah, but a six round like, done like dinner. He was never good. No. He, he was manageable, and I think the injury sapped him of some of his mobility. You were never going to win a Super Bowl when he was healthy, nope. never mind now. No, I agree. So isn't that the point? Aren't we here to win championships? Do we, I'm trying to <laughs> relate that. Does that does this trade make it more likely that fields will be available? Or yes, less? it does. Yes, 100%. Well, somebody. I mean, whether it it's fields somebody. or somebody, yes. I agree with Andy. Yes. The Patriots just got a better chance to get a quarterback. Yep. Well, I was just going to say that, that Denver now could be a team that somebody trades up to, like if it's Washington. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, like I, I think there's a lot of teams behind the Patriots that might be more desperate to move up. I think Andy talked about that. One of the reasons why they wouldn't worry about making the trade now. They want to wait to see if maybe they can get people to move up, and that makes a better player available for you. Ryan, you brought up Pittsburgh. How come nobody talks too much about Pittsburgh? As a quarterback destination? Yeah, because I, I feel like they're not in a position to get a quarterback. In terms of they, like where they're picking, they're way down. No, they're twenty three. I know, but okay, trade up. I mean, to your point, you know, Kansas City did it, Houston did it, right? Like yeah. you can do it, and you can, Kevin you can get into the teens from the twenties. Colbert's a guy like he doesn't trade first round picks, and then he said, "Wait, I like Minka Fitzpatrick. He's good. I'm going to trade this pick." Like, I just. When the quarterback is involved, it's like I heard, I argued with this guy, Pony Boy, who filled in for Tangway on Sunday. Boy. I don't know who he is, Paul, so don't ask the question. You just have random guys that just show up and fill in for shows. I don't know. He's from Pittsburgh. I don't really think he even liked me calling him Pony Boy, but he was too, I don't know, not willing to say, stop calling me Pony Boy throughout the whole thing. Um, his name's Pony, P-O-N-I or something. So obviously, I the first thing I thought of is Pony Boy from The Outsiders. Stay golden, Pony Boy or whatever. 
And I don't think he liked it. But anyway, he was like, you know, Bill's not going to trade up for a quarterback. He never has. He never has. That's dumb. I mean, that's dumb. That's the dumbest. That's colossally dumb. That's like saying, you know, Bill's not going to take cholesterol medication because he never has. Well, now he's 69 and maybe he needs to freaking take cholesterol medication before he dies. I I love Andy's exaggerated analogies. They're awesome. We miss them. We miss them on Patriots Unfiltered. You like the dishwasher and furnace analogy. That was good. It was good. It was good. Thank you. Um, Did you work that one all out beforehand? No, that was fresh off the top of the head. Good for you. That was original. Uh, Do we want to do like a last question or I I got another one that came to mind. Oh, good. good. I I can't. Uh, Is this a random one or a football one? Random. Not random. Random to the draft. Okay. Bold, bold prediction for the Patriots. Anywhere, like, could be day one, two, or three. <sighs> bold, bold prediction. Paul, you can I don't go. Know. What, what qualifies as bold? Trading up for Justin Fields. I would even say acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo is bold. <sighs> they take a running back relatively high. That's not bad, Andy. I could see that. I think there's some good running backs in this class. Um, and I'm not saying necessarily Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, but there are a handful of backs that are probably going to go in the second and third rounds. They're going to take one. I like the North Carolina guy. What, Javante Williams? Uh, no, the other one. You like pass the other catcher. One? The pass catching one, Michael Carter. Carter. Wait a minute. Did you watch the I Miami like game? I like them both. Did you watch the Miami game? <laughs> probably. <laughs> Well, that was the game when they had like 600 yards combined between them or something set the all-time well, they're, they're good. They're know, good I, players. I like them. But that's my bold prediction. They take, Gainwell. Gainwell from Memphis is another one of those uh, okay, stop, Jimmy White stop, kind of guy. Stop uh, avoiding. Looking at the big, I'm looking at the big board. Yeah, well, yeah, now I'm avoiding the question. Bold prediction. I, I don't have a bold prediction. I mean, all right, I, I I can sub out this question then. How about they? How about they trade up, but only a couple of spots, and it's not for a quarterback. That's that's bold. Jalen Waddle. Yeah, well, someone like that that they that they really that like. Was, who was it? Pete Schrager, I think. Yeah, predicted Pete Schrager had that. Yeah. Can I sever ties with that then? No, you can't. You're aligned with Pete okay. Schrager. You guys look. I got, a lot. I got no, another. I already story. told you. I think they're going to just sit tight at 15. Um, Matt Patricia. How involved, is he, how, how involved is he in this? Is he going to be in the war room tomorrow night, Thursday night? I would think that he'll be in there. Yeah. I, I think that uh, – I think this is an interesting situation. We could <laughs> – as Andy just says, random stuff going on. I know, again. What, is um, what do you guys think? of Pat- Patricia's presence to me reeks of not wanting to just put him back on as defensive coordinator – because of other reasons. What, what you, like his son is the defense is the de facto son? defensive coordinator. And it looks like it's a demotion to either him or Gerard Mayo. If you put yeah. him back in place. Or like, what, if he, what if it's he realized he sucks as a coach and he's probably better as a personnel guy. Yeah. I think this is a weird situation that all of a sudden he's coming in. He's like, the what, you know, why, no one forced him to come back. He could have said, we're good. Estes. They are. They're besties. Like, that's why it's a weird situation, because I'm not sure oh, they yeah. share the, the professional relationship and the personal relationship butt heads. Yeah, I'm not sure he had a lot of op- options, by the way. I think he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way but he did, in his short time in Detroit. Isn't he still getting paid by Detroit? Yes. So he could still – he could just done nothing this year. Right, but he comes back and he gets to stay in the league. Right. 
He stays in the league. He gets back with his bestie. They get to work. They go to Nantucket together. But if, you, but if Paul's saying it's uncomfortable, then why put yourself through that? If, if oh, I, no- I think that they, I, I didn't. I, I think that they avoided the, the the discomfort by making this sort of front office kind of move. Right. So his future in the NFL is not as a future executive slash GM. I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, but you look at Nick Casario. He's done both. Maybe Matt Patricia can do both the other way. I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like a, a weird thing to me at this stage of his career to go from working your way up to coaching ranks to coordinator to a head coach. Then you get fired as a head coach. Oh, you know what? I'm going to be in personnel now. But that's what I was meant to do all along. Don't we also think, well, first of all, they have done. It. I mean, Brian Flores did it in the other direction, but they yep. have plenty of guys that have kind of done both. But also, it was a weird offseason in which you lost your right-hand man. You lost Nick Casario, right? So there's a transitional phase here, and he has a significant knowledge of the organization. I don't know exactly how much role he had in personnel draft prep the first time around. He's a smart guy. You guys sold me. You guys sold me. Nothing to see here. But I also do think the fact that his son – I personally think if Steve Belichick were not the de facto defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia would have been brought back as assistant head coach, something like defense, secondary linebackers. I mean, that's what bill did. Remember when bill, they didn't want him to step on Al Groh's toes and kick his shovel over or whatever. So he had to be the secondary coach, assistant head coach. Right. But I think because it is his son, he would probably say, no, no, it's got nothing to do with that. It's my son. There's a weird dynamic there. I do. Plus, not only is this his son, so now it's his adopted son, Matt Patricia, and his son's son, Steve Belichick, are the two guys. Like, they and probably hang out making s'mores together on the And his other son, the, the player's son, Gerard Mayle, is involved too. Like, you could right. say, you're right. There's a third son. This is like my three brothers or something, my three dads, or whatever the hell. So, like, yeah, it's a little weird. You're right. It's a good job, Paul. It's weird. There's a situation there. We should keep I track. just think it's different. But you you are right in that they lost Casario, and I hadn't really thought of Flores. So that's another guy that yeah. they've had. So it's that that's three guys now that have done that sort of change. So it's and not at, unprecedented. And look at Bill himself. I think when Bill, like Bill thinks Bill could do it all, right? He runs the draft. He's the coach. He's everything. I think when Bill... Oh, what's that face for? They didn't. I have a question. For, I have a question for you guys. That you can finish. Um, so I just think when Bill likes, trusts, respects a guy football wise, he doesn't necessarily see that like drastic line between coach and talent evaluator. I think Josh is a perfect example. When Josh came back and Josh got Bill's world opened up to him, that meant you're in the war room. You're sitting next to me, right? Like yeah. so. There's yep. We may say, oh, there's front office and then there's coaches. I think Bill says, are you a football guy or are you not a football guy? Because I don't really need to differentiate between whether you blow a whistle or write on a tablet. Yeah, I think Josh and Matt will be in that room again. Me too. Well, from, for Josh again. But I think the, they're the, ahead of Ziggler, personally. I think the they're going que- Bill, Ziggler, could be. I mean, those guys, then Ziggler. The, the question that I wanted to ask was – that I just thought of when you were in the middle of that bill thinks he can do it all thing. How much are you buying into all of this that they're trying to force feed us about the changes? No, you know, None. much more receptive to uh, okay. None. None. I, I, I'm with you. I, like, I just feel like they're trying way too hard to make us think that 
Bill's not the only one making this call. Collaborative? But I've heard the word collaborative thrown out. More a of a collaborative. Collaborative. And then um, Rapport said that Ziegler has been, he's brought a more uh, open-mindedness to things. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Not buying it. Nope. I mean, nothing about Ziegler that no. I'm not buying. I'm not buying that Bill and Bill alone will be making this call. I think that there are guys, and Andy brought up McDaniels. I think that Bill respects Josh's talent evaluation. I think for the quarterbacks, as an example, I think Josh has been a big part of working these guys, you know, watching the workouts, being involved in this process. Bill, I think ultimately, and Bill alone will make the call. But do you also think that he could be using this as a positive? Like if they have a bad draft pick, oh, well, he wasn't my guy. That was their guy. It's collaborative. (laughs) (laughs) It's a win-win. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I think there's been some of that with the scouts. Like who tells all these reporters about how Bill overrules everybody? Scouts, right. disgruntled scouts that are looking to wash their hands of Nikhil Harry and right. others, you or in Rossi Dowling. Well, no, no one had Rossi Dowling there. Bill just came in and took him. Oh, convenient. That's right. your job, and you screwed it up. Oh, let's just blame the head coach. You know, I do think there's part of it that goes that way. I think Bill hasn't always has will and always has been the number one voice, and you know, it's him, and that's it. It just came to me, Paul, and I know you like these since my home run of a dishwasher furnace comparison. Correct. I think Bill, I think Bill treats all his personnel guys. I, I really don't care if your name's Scott Pioli or Brian Smith or Elliot Wolf or whoever you are. I think he treats them all like I treat my GPS. When I don't know where I'm going or I need information, I very much listen to the GPS. And then when she goes, you know, take a left here or go down this, and I go, you're an idiot. I know a better way. I know where I am now. I'm go like, is that it? Does that work? Kind of. It's another good one, Andy. It's another good one for Andy. Two for two today. Nailed it. <laughs> save that. Save that. Use it for radio. It's a pretty good one. Okay, I'll save it. I got plenty of chances the next few days. Yeah, you sure do. Well, I'll be breaking out the furnace tonight. No lie. I mean, tomorrow night. No question. It's good, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, I'll be. I'll break out the furnace. Paul, one. Um. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll screw it up like Fred. <laughs> While um, while Jimmy Garoppolo was being disrespected um, on the same radio show where I was defending Jimmy Garoppolo from the disrespect, I realized I was being disrespected. And Ryan, to some degree as well. Uh, Ryan, have you heard the um, preview promo thing they've been running on the station about our draft day coverage? No, I haven't. When it says, tune in and check it uh, for our in-house draft experts. I'm sorry, I got a freaking name. My name's Andy Hart. I am your in-house draft expert. If you want me on the midday show, the afternoon show, the night show, and the post-draft show, the least you could do is say my goddamn name in the promo. In-house. Right. I'm going to make them do a quick hit in the middle on our show, too. You should. But at least I'm an out-of-house draft <laughs> expert for your purposes. I'm no oh, longer- I'm not pilling you as any kind of expert, believe me, <laughs> unless you want to talk about furnaces and dishwashers. Well, you know, do what I can do. I've been doing some do-it-yourself projects, finishing the basement. So, yeah, I'm expanding, looking into flooring today. Mm, there you go. All right, we done here? Yeah, any closing thoughts? Just looking forward to it. Like, like I said at the top, this is the first time in, I think, since like 2001 <laughs> that, that I've been this excited about a draft. And isn't it the most, I wrote a column the other day that I, to me, this is the most interesting critical draft since 2001. Like, this is like a crossroads kind of draft where you're at a fork in the roads. And before that, I think it was obviously the Drew draft. You got the number one overall pick. You need a franchise quarterback. But 
This is that kind of draft. We haven't experienced this because you blow the Seymour pick. You blow the sixth pick in the draft as a 5-11 and 11 team. Who knows where things kind of snowball from there. Yeah. This, we haven't seen this for a couple decades now. True. Yeah, Seymour could have been Jonathan Sullivan. Right. Then what would have happened? Future Patriot. Then they couldn't trade for Jonathan Sullivan later. Who knows what you do? All right. We'll see how this all plays out. Should be exciting. Uh, listen to the radio. Andy and I will be on post-draft 1130 to 2 a.m. on Thursday. Andy and Shime and Brian Barrett Friday. and Andy on Sunday. So a lot of Andy on the radio coming up. Not, not Andy, excuse me. It's it's in-house draft expert. In-house. Yes. And uh, Paul, what do, you, what do you guys have? You guys doing your live show tomorrow night? Yeah, we'll be live. Patriots Unfiltered live uh, during the entirety of the first round, starting at 7.50 until the, the draft is over Thursday night. Friday night we'll be on at 7, uh, 7 to 10. Yes. You start at 7.50? Uh, yeah, it's a video thing. At 7.50? Yeah, we can only do it for a certain amount of time. Everybody in the world starts on the hour and the half hour, but you guys are too smart for that. That's because we have to do video, Andy. It's much bigger now that we don't have you around. You used to block out the whole camera, okay. your head like this. I so, got you. Hey, are you, but you guys aren't at a party, are you? Is there a party? No, no, we'll be in this, the radio studio. Okay. I look forward to it. All right. We'll uh, talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.